0: Welcome, Cassandra's Tales and Truths is an anthology series that utilizes the wisdom of the Delphic Maxims. In this episode, the seventh episode, Cassandra wills the world to stop for a moment. It's a seemingly impossible task, to be sure, but it is for good reason. Such a good reason, in fact, as to almost be cliched. But it's not like we don't fully understand what she's getting at, practically speaking. So, Revenant, love those whom you rear while you still can. Time works differently when you're dead. There's no consistency to it, but an unpredictable jerking. They didn't go over that in orientation. Not that Esther had much of an orientation at all. Rather, that was an expression she had heard in the house, and for some inexplicable reason, she held on to it. She kept it. To be more specific, She kept it for herself. And when you've lost everything else, even the body that you, at times, previously hated, these small scraps of the physical world, or even just representations of it, are all someone, or something like Esther, can hope for. Had time itself forgotten about her she would wonder. It would explain exactly why she was... whatever she was. Maybe she was a ghost. Maybe she was something else. Esther could remember dying. But she did not remember what came right after. It seemed fair to assume that what was supposed to happen to her spirit did, in fact, not happen. And now... It was left here, in what had once been her home. She could see a world outside through the windows if she looked at just the right angle, and it wasn't what she remembered. She blinked and the world outside had changed. She did not know if she could go out there, and she was not particularly keen on trying. It was not that she was happy stuck in this ever-changing home, but she could imagine an alternative she would enjoy even less, if enjoy was the right word for that predicament. And so, Esther stayed where she was, in what used to be her home, with time wiping away those familiar touches in inconsistent bursts. The new walls seemed to show up without any clear explanation as to why or what they were meant to be. They would come and then they would move. Hallways shifted constantly, and though Esther did not need to respect these boundaries, without them she was disoriented. Esther was inclined to say that this was the worst part of her situation. In life, she had become very good at lying. She couldn't remember why, exactly, or how, but even though the memories had been lost along the way, the skill itself remained with her. Not that there was anyone to talk to, but herself, given her current state, but lying as a skill could be utilized in a variety of circumstances, and there are many reasons to lie to oneself, even in death. After all, Lying is usually done because it is thought that deception will make one's way in life easier to pass through For whatever reason and whatever justification one might have for it There's no moral quandary in a ghost lying to herself though No one was harmed in the construction of that falsehood And she could be harmed much more by the truth And so it came easily to her more so than it ever had before. Esther could say that it was the shifting walls that bothered her the most, but that was, perhaps, the greatest lie she had ever told. The truth of it was that the worst part was the people, and the fact that they would never stick around. At first, their inability to interact with her in any way stung, but it started to matter less and less in the face of something else. You see, time serves a purpose. Time is a necessary ingredient for any process, for anything to properly form and develop. Esther needed time with those inhabitants, time to watch them, time to get to know them, and time to grieve them. She never had any of it. She would turn around to see a young woman in the hallway with a warm face and blithe smile. They would be about the same age, and Esther would feel an excitement swell in her chest to have something vaguely like a companion in the house with her. She would listen intently for someone to say the woman's name or to know anything about her. But a step down the wrong hallway or through a doorway that had once been, and the woman wouldn't be so young anymore. She would be middle-aged, with older children running around underfoot. And suddenly, companionship seemed like a far-flung impossibility. That was an era of life that Esther had never known, and one she could not offer any assistance with. Then again, she would soon realize that didn't have to be the end of it. It didn't have to mean anything if she didn't want it to. But with her resolve renewed, she would turn around again, and the woman would be gone completely, her children now grown up and weeping. There was at least closure in that. On the other hand, it was far too common that the faces lurking around hallways Esther did not understand would simply disappear, taking pieces of furniture or decor with them, things that Esther had used as makeshift markers. The house would be different again, sometimes the world outside of it too. But then again, sometimes hardly anything changed at all, and someone was just gone. People work differently when you're dead, Esther had learned, but that one made more sense. It may even be that they themselves aren't different, but it's just that your circumstances have changed to the point of incompatibility. You aren't like them anymore. You aren't really a part of their world anymore. Consequently, you would need to adjust your behavior accordingly, right? This was how Esther learned not to care. That took time, and it was a lesson that never fully took hold. Because deep down, secretly, and in the bottom of her soul, Esther could not help but care. There is something satisfying not just about being cared for, but also about holding care in your heart. It was sustaining in a non-physical way, which made it something a ghost could carry with her, no matter how much she tried to strip it off of her, in the same way that everything else had been stripped from her in death. But once again, she would lie to herself, and tell herself that it did not matter. She could rise above that. She would remain steadfast to the conclusion that she no longer cared for the figures that wandered around what had once been her home, whose voices she would occasionally catch in the air around her. It wasn't true, but she never acknowledged that it wasn't true. And if she believed earnestly enough, then perhaps it could be. It could become a lived truth, she would say, and that was good enough. It was the desired result, anyway. Time works differently without a clear end. There is no progress, only monotony. It used to be that things could not last forever, but being a ghost seemed to be the exception. Esther did not know how to stop being a ghost, if that's what she was. That was what people would refer to her as when they caught glimpses of her in return, but she was not entirely sure what that meant. She knew she wasn't human. She knew she couldn't easily stop being whatever she was, but at the same time, she knew there wasn't any alternative. And that, in combination with everything else, left Esther alone, and with a great sadness. All there was to do was wander through unrecognizable hallways, as she had always done, catching glimpses of people she had to otherwise ignore. And that was what she did. The house continued to change, and Esther continued to scramble for anything she could use to steady herself. There wasn't much thought to it. There is hardly any thought attached to those things we do out of desperation. Some choices, if that's what they could be called, make themselves more obvious than others. A child's laugh, for example, can cut through the fog of a disoriented mind quite well, but it was a sound Esther did not immediately recognize. It hit her, and tapped into some deep instinct she had not taught herself to ignore. She had not known it was there, until that moment. And so, forgetting any number of the lies she had told herself, she let herself fall into the moment. She turned to see a small child with bright hazel eyes peeking out from beneath thick black curls, staring up at her. Those eyes ensnared Esther and pulled her into an inescapable embrace. there was something unfamiliar there. Something Esther had not seen in quite some time. Hi, the girl whispered softly. Recognition. Esther was seeing recognition for the first time. Perhaps this little girl did not know who she was speaking to, but she knew she was, in fact, speaking to someone. Esther's heart leapt in her chest. It was coming alive again, for the first time in a long time. "'You can see me?' Esther wanted to ask, though the answer was already so abundantly clear. The girl could see her. She had already proved as much, but it was just so unbelievable, and Esther so desperate." The moment came to a halt. For once, time did what Esther might have expected. For once, things felt steady. And that too gave Esther a new sense of life. A warmth started in her newly beaded chest and extended outwards to where her fingers and toes once had been. The familiar sensation of caught breath filled her mouth. My word, Esther thought, there's so much involved in feeling alive. All the while, the girl did not seem to understand the weight of the moment. She just kept her smile firmly planted on her face, patiently waiting for whatever came next. She swayed a bit in her teal dress as she waited. The heels of her feet in well-worn black shoes lifted off of the floor and sank down gracefully. A child so young could not be expected to stand still. All the same, She waited for Esther to react, to engage, to do anything. And as long as she wasn't being verbally chastised, there was no need to stop waiting. But neither action nor reaction came easily. Stunned and confused, Esther did not know what to make of it. Even beyond the implications of it all, there wasn't anything particularly delicate about this girl which is what she would have expected from a girl so small. It was what she had been taught to expect a young girl to be when she was alive, when she herself was a young girl. But instead, there was a clear strength about this child. Something radiated off of her that Esther couldn't place. There was almost a reason to be afraid of her, were it not for the kind nature of her eyes. Hello, Esther whispered, feeling herself being drawn closer to the girl. The drift forward she experienced wasn't intentional, but nothing of her current state had been thus far, so she could accept it. The young girl waved and giggled softly before turning in response to some other noise happening behind her. See Esther heard. Sile, Esther whispered back. The girl turned back to the voice, a woman's voice, and was ready to heed its unspoken command. Perhaps it was her mother's voice, if Esther had to guess, but it didn't matter who it was specifically. The keeper of the voice was a competitor for the child's time. No, worse yet, the keeper of the voice was the instigator of an all-too-familiar episode. Esther did not want the girl to leave her. Suppose she would be gone at the next corner. Suppose she would not be able to see Esther in the next hallway. Realistically, it shouldn't have mattered. Esther no longer cared, right? But no. Esther tried to yell to the girl ready to beg her to stay there, for whatever good it might do. But Esther could hardly form the words in her mouth. It had been so long since she last spoke that what was left of her mouth struggled to work. There was no point then, Esther thought. There was no way to stop the girl, and, realistically, there was hardly a reason to. The young girl had a life to live, had a mother that would not be ignored, and had, well, time. Specifically, time that worked exactly as it should. It was her right as a member of the living. Even if it would hurt more now than it ever had, Esther had to let go and keep moving. She stepped back while Sile ran ahead. It had to be this way. For whatever that brief encounter was worth, it couldn't be anything more than that. Better to let go, Esther thought. But it still hurt all the same. Time works differently when you're dead. But Sile worked differently than any other person Esther had caught glimpses of. To Esther, without time, there was no night and day. To Sile, there was no need to dwell on the difference, particularly if it meant seeing Esther again. When it happened, Esther was standing in the front room of the home. Perhaps that could have been considered a bold decision, what with it being a manifestation of so many other concerns and problems. The front room was not as she remembered it. In fact, it had once been a porch. It was a porch she had spent many hours sitting on in both life and death. But regardless of its many shifts and changes, it remained a place of calm for her. It was a familiar place, where her soul went through certain, slower motions. There was almost a nothingness around her as she sat there. And then there was something, or rather, someone. Esther saw the familiar little girl as she emerged in the room with her hands wrapped tightly around a blanket. It was hardly a caught glimpse, the faintest movement entering the corner of her eye, and she refused to do much more with it. By then, Esther had been left to sit with the nature of her situation for a bit, and she had thoroughly reminded herself of how this always goes. Esther knew how this would end. Esther knew how this always ended. She knew that time did not favor the dead and that she herself was just a plaything to forces that wished her to be alone. Soleil would be gone soon. She might even be gone when Esther turned around. Ma'am, Soleil whispered. It pained her to do so. But Esther did not react. She could not react. It did not matter if Soleil was different when the outcome would remain the same, when Esther would inevitably be alone. Feelings of loss and confusion were ever-present memories for Esther. She would not repeat her mistake. I had a bad dream, the girl said. There's no one else to tuck me in. Please, ma'am? Esther vaguely remembered what that was like. What it was like to be a child in a big house, even though that was some unknown time ago, and even though she had lost so much of herself since then. Her heart pained for the little girl, for the fear and concern in her voice. The desperation in her voice was clear in the way she spoke, and the fact that she was reaching out to a ghost for comfort. There was a sadness to it. A sadness Esther recognized and felt. No, Esther thought to herself. She should not answer. She should do nothing. The child was not hers to mind. The child would not be there for long. What was the point of caring when that would simply bring pain later? Soleil drew closer. And Esther felt the pull again. The same pull that led her to follow Soleil in the hallway. That same draw and drift that could not be controlled. It was in her chest, this time. The stirring of a feeling she had long since forgotten about. Time works differently when you're dead. It might change your appearance, but your heart remains the same. Esther's heart remained the same. It remained inclined to dote on the small girl that needed her. The familiar ache of all that came before posed a compelling counter-argument. It screamed out in her chest, warning her against this. It pleaded with her to actually be as guarded as she pretended to be in the name of prevention. Remember the hurt and confusion, it begged. Remember what will happen soon. Esther felt herself, slowly being convinced. "'Ma'am?' Sillay whispered again. The soft tugging in her heart for the girl grew to a hard pull. Esther winced. Unrealized regret filled her throat and choked her. So there would be pain regardless then, Esther thought. Pain in squandering this chance, and pain in taking it. So no, Esther thought. She knew what she wanted. For however long she could have it, Esther would have this time. Esther would have someone to care about. Cassandra's Tales and Truths is a production of Miscellany Media Studios. It is written, edited, performed, and produced by M.J. Bailey. Additional and episode-specific credits can be found in the show notes. Thanks!